Welcome back to PolePolicy.com, your home for self-help meets hip-hop. Right now, we're live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch. But check me out on Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music. One, two, one, two, and place to be with Andrew Lozano. How you doing, bro? I'm doing fine, man. Thanks, Poe, for having me on. This is cool. No doubt. I see a Lucha Libre mask in the background. Oh, bro. Yeah, you're in my studio right now. This is... uh freaky music group you can't really make out what's going on right here in front of me but i got a whole system going on this is something uh i've been wanting to have for since i was a kid you know now i, I thought that it was a, uh at first it just it looked like a screensaver that's a damn <laughs> i thought it was a screensaver it looked like oh, shit. Man, this is the real deal i got a ton of equipment right here on this side you're looking at half the room behind me yeah those are my listening speakers just for fun when i have some cats over bump those beats what's up so um i read you from sacramento uh, no, man. I'm actually originally from San Jose, born and raised in the Bay Area. What's up? Okay. Yeah, East so Side. Tell, tell us some stuff about, I've never been to San Jose, so tell me some, some stuff I need to know about San Jose. Uh, let's see. San Jose is, uh, is an old city, old cowboy city, but it's grown and it's part of the Silicon Valley. And uh, you're only about 30 minutes from San Francisco. Um, it's always like 76 degrees. If not, it's cold about 54, but it's an, it's a nice little place. It's, it's its own little cul-de-sac. Um, and it's right off the 101 in California. So it's definitely the, the, the spot that I grew up in. And, uh, you know, you got your good and bad parts of any, of any city. I grew up on the East side. I wouldn't have any better than that, man. It was, it, it was hood, but it was good. Oh, huh. and yeah. then what's, the, what's the average day for you right now? Uh, well, right now I'm up here in, uh, in Sacramento, which is a hundred miles uh, north of uh, San Jose. I've been here in Sacramento about 15 years. No, no, I'm sorry. 18 years. So you're yeah. from Sac, man. You're from Sac now. Uh, now I'm from Sac now, dude. That's what's up. I, I love this place. You know, when I was living, when I first moved back or moved up here to Sacramento, folks were trying to get out of Sacramento because they just, they were hated here. But the culture and the art out here in Sacramento in the music scene is pretty it's pretty happening right now. So and I think people are starting to realize, you know, this is a good, cool little spot to be because it's kind of like you're in the city, but you're really not. You know, they have the suburbs out here. I'm actually about 20 minutes from Sacramento in, in a little small town called Elk Grove. Um, this is where Apple has a facility out here. So, yeah, it's cool. I like it out here. It's a good place to raise a family. All right. So uh, let us know about your background and how you got involved in music. I seem like you're a producer. Um, yeah, yeah. You, rap, you don't rap, right? I don't rap. No, man. I, I try to. <laughs> I do it to the rappers that, you know, I, I can I can write music. I can write poems, but I just can't spit. Um, just don't have the tongue for it. You know, people can just get real fast, you know. Now, I grew up in a uh, group of San Jose, born and raised. Um, my, my folks are from San Jose. I have relatives in Mexico, relatives in New Mexico. And I'm, that makes me Latino. Um, um, I don't speak Spanish. So, you know, a lot of my Spanish friends always make fun of me. But uh, I grew up, uh, I started my career in music uh, in grade school. You hear it a lot, you know. Um, walking down the hall, one of my teachers heard me singing. Uh, Miss Lee Alkire, bless her heart, she passed away years ago. But she got me into like an all co-ed type of singing group called the Sylvandale Select. I, that was at a middle school in Eastside San Jose. And uh, it was hood there too. They had 15 foot fences. It was like a penitentiary. <laughs> they had no grass, it was dirt. So when you ran track, you ran on dirt. But uh, I started singing there, um, found, found a niche in music, um, started picking up some instruments like the bass guitar. I play a little bit, I play a lot of bass. So I play a little bit of guitar and keys. And that, uh, that actually took off from junior high over to high school 
where I was in a band called Roach. We, we were a rock band, I, so I switched genres up, you know? Um, and I did that for a number of years. And then as an adult, I uh, traveled a little bit with um, a brother and sister called Josh and Jessica Marquez. And we were in a band called Unique, which was a house music before EDM, man. We ain't talking about no EDM. We're talking about house music, the real house music, electronic music before EDM. And I toured um, for about 10 years with that band. And, uh, you know, we, we got uh, a track out in Ohm Records out of San Francisco, a little independent uh, label. And we took off, got a couple of gigs uh, playing 40, I think about 40 of the 50 states here in, here in the U.S. Got, I'm on a video game. You know, we got a lot of publishing going on. What um, video game? Uh, this is EA Sports. It's uh, FIFA 2006. Yeah, we're on rotation with a bunch of artists. So when you start up the game, you may hear the song Pico de Gallo was written by one of my band members, Joshua Marquez. We were coming back from Miami doing a winter music conference and uh, he kind of thought of it in his head, came back and wrote it. And then I helped out with production and I got picked up. So, you know. I'll say, I might not be saying this right, but uh, Porque uh, No Se Espanol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it's better than what I would how it's how I'd say it. <laughs> yeah, so why you why you didn't learn no Spanish? Because I'm trying to learn Spanish now. So why didn't you learn it? You know, and I grew up in I grew up in a pretty diverse neighborhood too, because you know we had a lot of Vietnamese, a lot of Mexicans, like like Hispanic, black, you know, whole, whole shebang. Uh, I don't know. My folks and stuff they used to speak Spanish to to say things behind our backs, uh, but oh. I just never picked it up. Um, yeah, it's kind of weird, right? I just never picked it up. Um, I learned it in high school. But then I kind of dropped it out. My kids speak better Spanish than I do. Uh, my wife can speak it a little bit. I just never picked it up, man. I, I wish I did. I would love to sing songs in Spanish. <laughs> yeah, I was saying um, the only reason I'm really trying to learn it is because I actually like watching Lucha Libre. So I figured oh. if, I knew, if I knew Spanish more, then I can enjoy it more. But I really like Lucha Libre. Like, I just oh, like, how, I yes. like how it looks. Yeah. I love that movie. I'll watch it anytime during the day. No, 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 no. I'm talking about Lucha Libre. Like the, that's the name of the that's the name of the the Mexican wrestling. Like the oh the yeah, yeah, this thing over here, right? Are they yeah, talking yeah. About with Jack Black. <laughs> no, no, I like no, no. they got like uh yeah. like in the Mexico they got like it's called AAA. That's one organization. Right. CML LO. That's yeah, yeah. one. So I watch them. So I'll be trying that's to learn more Spanish. It's pretty entertaining. <laughs> right. Yeah. So then, who was who was some of your Talk about some of your influences, and and then um, I don't know if you really talked about like why did how did you get into the, like the beat making? I don't know if you really went into that in detail. Uh, sure. I mean, well, actually, all of this started off with my pop. My dad was a musician. Yeah, I actually have his record here. He was in an all Spanish Christian group. I grew up as a Christian. Uh, you know, loved the Lord. You know, and Lord gave me this gift of of producing folks. And um, I like to make people happy by making their hidden gems, you know, and polishing them up, become a superstar. I just, I love making music and working with clients. But my dad and my relatives were all in the Christian uh, world. And uh, so I used to go to all the prayer groups, but also go to all the churches and, and watch them perform as real Latin percussion and stuff like that. So I was really into that. Love Santana. Um, but um, I start, they started listening to like Paula Notes. You know, Shaka Khan, you know, I started listening to like a lot of soul. Of course, you got your Prince and Michael Jackson. Um, but it wasn't until later in life after I started picking up the, my next door neighbor was a piano teacher. I started learning chords and and, and, and learning how to write notes and, and write music uh, the right way. And I also went to 
I took some classes on playing bass um, that I actually learned a little bit more of the pieces that the elements that it takes to make music. Um, and then I, uh, I got a little older, found girls, and you know how you you drift away from the music scene for a little bit. You start chasing <laughs> after girls when you're younger, and um, that didn't last too long. I, I definitely got back into writing music again. Um, so I would have people at my parents' house come over, and I had a mixing console, and I used to just mix them, just local kids. Uh, and that started to, um, I created a name for myself. People were like, oh, just go to Drew's house. He's got like the system. You should come over there and bring the NPC. And we used to record folks. And I had my, even my old, my old geek club come over and we record and stuff like that. It was fun, man. So definitely picked that up from my parents um, and my relatives. But it just wasn't until later I started touring. I, I, I remember this time where I was playing with my band Roach and uh, we won the talent show at Andrew Hill, which is like a really Eastside Union High School district. First day we played outside in the quad. I mean, a fight broke out. It was like a penitentiary, like I mentioned before. It was, but that's why I, I liked it. I mean, we were playing Rage Against the Machine, like all that rock music and people were just vibing. All the Vatos thought, you know, they were down with me because I had the hair pulled back in a ponytail. <laughs> so, you know, I was a skater kid, man. I did all the things that all these kids did. But when it came to time to playing outside, uh, my parents can vouch for me. My brother can vouch for me. I was on my eight-track recorder recording, trying to learn different things on the acoustic guitar and uh, lift different pedals and, you know, trying to see what things do. What What is reverb? What is delays? Like, and just talk to the mic and make these spacey types of sounds. And I really liked it. And I started following different artists. Um, and I wanted to do that someday. And I, I, I accomplished that. I'm here now. You know, it's fun. All right. We got a comment from one of my homies. He said, women mess up everything, some good, some bad. I hear you on the women part. Oh, geez. <laughs> Your homie Rodney's is totally on point because, you know, you know, going through puberty at age 16, 17 years old, you know, you're just like, you're like, man, what these girls, man. And I was a popular kid in school because I had a band. And so I had a lot of girls following you me. Man. Yeah, it was cool, though. You know, and uh, I, you know, all the girls hung out in my house. You know, my mom would tell you that I had uh, more girlfriends than I had guy friends. My parents thought I was gay. And I said, no, nah, I just like the presence of women. They're just they're They were cool, you know, and they always like hanging out with me. I was a nice guy and I had my girlfriends, but my band was number one. Mm. You know, my music was number one. And uh, you better be sure I'll be out practicing in the garage, making some noise before the cops get in so I can get it, get it in ready for rehearsal and get out there and play. Uh, that was my that was my lifeline right there, man. Music. You name one of my favorite groups, man. I like Hall of Oats. Oh, oh, bro. Yes. Yeah, man. Oh, bad. <laughs> I mean, they're. Yeah. I like the old shit too, though. That uh. I can't go for that. No, yeah. no, no. No can do. Yeah. <laughs> man, but I, I was into not only I was into rock music, but I was into modern rock. I loved The Cure, Depeche Mode. Um, I. Uh, Michael Jackson, of course, was like was on point. I mean, I really liked his moves. Everyone did, um, but I also liked you know like Stevie Ray Vaughan, man, his guitar playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, like whoa, where did this dude come from? Um, I liked um, uh, the Beastie Boys, Run DMC, uh, Farside, Tribe Called Quest. Uh, so I started getting buying some more vinyl. I got my my albums right here on the ground. Um, Hip-hop, conscious hip-hop was always something in back of my mind because they were telling a story, something that was real, 
that you can that you felt and 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 when you walked out of the house, you this is the way you lived. You know, they talked about the streets, they talked about the struggle. Um, and I grew up in the struggle. My parents weren't wealthy. My dad was a self-made man, you know, had his own business. He struggled from the, from the ground up. He, he didn't have his parents growing up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, me being a church kid, I wanted to see what else was out there other than church music. And, and I love church music because I used to listen to Andre Crouch, man. That was my, it was my, I, that's what I, that was my first concert, actually. My mom told me I was two years old. I was all crashed out, but I could still hear the music, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, those were, you know, the, the hip hop stuff for me came a lot later. Uh, and that's where I'm at right now. This lo-fi hip hop sound is where I'm really trying to hone in. And it's very popular right now. It's very, very popular. Yeah, we got another comment from um, Katie Fry. So she said, how old were you when you started to play your bass? Hey, what's up, Katie? Oh, Katie's a friend of mine, a very, very, very good singer. She's going to be on my album. Okay, what's up, Katie? Katie, uh, and I'm glad you're doing okay. Uh, I was actually, I want to say I was 13 years old. I had a friend down the street. Her name was Jackie. She's a tomboyish uh, girl, but her dad bought her a gremlin bass. It was like this small little little bass. I mean, it was just a junior size bass. And um, I had just got into the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I didn't know who this band was, but my friend down the street had their album, and it was uh, it was just their tongues were out. They were just wild purple hair. And I wanted to be flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, so I wanted to funk it up. So at 13 years old. I told my dad I want to take bass lessons. So they used to take me to this place to take bass lessons. And the guy was like, you're actually better than beginner. So I started doing the intermediate. So I was slapping at the bass, you know, back at the back at the back at the back, learning my hammer on. So, you know, and trying to learn my, my, my scales. So I started doing that and started playing with some local bands, some church bands. And then I got into some rock bands. Um, and I, I even got kicked out of bands because I was just too funky for them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't even probably tell you that. <laughs> I'm going to say, so what, what, um, you say producer. So what kind of equipment do you produce with? Okay. Uh, y'all want to know what I use? Um, I'm an Apple fan. Okay. So I use an iMac. Um, I mean, I could use a PC. I just don't like viruses and Macs don't have, yeah, Yeah, they're just really pretty controlled environment. Um, I use logic pro. That's also part of Apple. That's their professional application. Um, I use, um, I have a, a Personas mixer, it's a 1642, which is like for, for recording bands, but I only use that for recording uh, vocals because it's got something called the fat channel. Um, you can look it up on your own. It's made by Personas, but I use a, a big knob, which controls three sets of speakers. So I, when I'm doing my mix downs, I can see what it sounds like on these huge KRK speakers, or I can run off my small MR5 Mackie speakers, which are very inexpensive. I use a Native Instruments keyboard. Um, just because it's very flexible and easy to use. It's got all the bells and whistles. It lights up. Um, I have a Fender bass guitar. You got to have a Fender of some sort. I have a Fender guitar, Fender bass, Fender jazz. Uh, and then I got an Ibanez bass. Um, let's see. And I use, for all you MCs out there, you're looking for a mic, I use Slate Digital's VL, uh, was it? VML. Um, it's basically a mic modeler. So you can model a Neumann mic or a Shure 57, any mic you want, that mic can do it mm. by using software with Slate Digital. And I also use something like this. This is uh, called the VSX headphones by Slate Digital, Steven Slate. These things right here, I can be in any recording studio I want, basically. 
Um, so all the expensive studios with this is these are mic modeling or I'm sorry, headphone modeling headphones, and I can I can do um, basically model any expensive headphones I want. Um, those go about 500 bucks, but they're worth it, especially if you care about your sound. You want to make sure you buy the proper equipment and not blow out your ears. With these, I can put them on at a comfortable tone, sound, I mean, without having the loud presence of the bass and stuff blowing me out and getting false. Uh, the, the problem with people who, who actually mix in rooms like this one is that you lose the 80 hertz. And uh, for those people who do a lot of hip hop or house music, that 80 hertz is in that comfortable spot where the kick cuts through the bass. Um, sometimes you can overcompensate or undercompensate with just running with the speakers, like the ones you see back here. Those are KRK Rocket 8s right there. I don't use them anymore, but I, I have some bigger ones here. These ones right here, you definitely hear the whole spectrum of sound. And this is what I use, my secret weapon right here. So I headphones. We got another comment from UBO Mag. You said, hey, Andrew, hey, Poe. Oh, Aries. That's my girl, Aries. She, um, Helps me with it. That's my PR lady. That's she does everything for me. Um, and if you got if you, any of your artists out there are looking to expose your music, your album, hit up Aries. She knows what's up. She's originally, I think, from Sacramento. She moved up to Hawaii. She lives in uh, Kauai. Yeah, okay. that's my girl right there. She's dope. Yeah, I'm shout out Aries. I'll say, how do you describe your creative process? Oh man, well, um, I think. That's a good question. I um, sometimes I, I approach music differently. Um, in my head, it's different. Everyone says that, right? I mean, I could be sitting watching um, some show on TV on Netflix with my wife drinking some wine, and then the tail end of some dramatic scene would have some music on there. And the the feeling you get from from when you discover something, you're like, dude, I need to sample that. <laughs> This, and I've explained this before with other interviews, that this is your best friend, your, your iPhone or any, any type of wireless device that can record. I use the microphone on here and I'll sample something on the fly. I'll then take it back to my studio and I'll sample it on the keyboard here and see where the, where the pitches sound good. Then I'll write around it and then add my drums to it. Or I'll be in this, the studio here just tinkering around and maybe I'll, I'll turn on Run the Jewels or something, you know, like to get some like big inspiration, you know, not so much commercial. I like Run the Jewels uh, uh, just for their beats. And then I'll, I'll hear something in there and then I'll try to kind of create that. And it'll also it'll kind of morph into something different. Um, I'm not one to copycat people. I, I, I think it's important that you understand people's music, but to become a copycat and try to sound like someone else, um, it, it can definitely hinder you in your creativity so i always try to think above uh, outside the box um and you know i'll play around with all kinds of drums um whether they're boom bat drums or there's some good techno tr909 kicks on a on a nice r&b track you just never know what cuts through you have to be creative and when someone says uh my wife hates when i do this because she's always a, she's an illustrator doing her design and stuff and she's working on a picture in photoshop or something and, uh, and she'll be taking the brightness, I'm like, or, or the contrast. And I said, well, what happens if you just turn it all the way up? She's like, we wouldn't want to do that. You'll blow out the picture. I said, no, just turn it all the way up. And you can see the picture blow out. But as you start to come back, you start the, the picture starts to develop into something you didn't even think to try because you know what's going to do. Right. That's how I feel about, um, how I feel about um, pedals. 
you know, you got something that's called like battalion. This is made by electric harmonics. You know, some people have said, oh, I would never turn up the drive all the way up. But you have to try everything on here to know what it's capable of, right? So that's what I'm saying. It's good to have multiple speakers like the ones you see behind me or these headphones. Try out different environments. Um, I personally don't like a big room like this because sound echoes. But as you can see up here, I have these sound damperings that I built so I can control my environment. Um, sometimes the best music you write is in the backyard under the sun in, in your headphones and a laptop. And you didn't even have a keyboard. You programmed everything in and you got a hit. Um, so it's important just to, you know, when you buy equipment, learn, learn it, first of all, um, and try to break that, um, that try to break, break into something different and new, you know, you have to be experimental. That's, that's, that's my whole goal is trying to be experimental. And that's my creative process. Um, the music, the vocals will all come after. I'll make it happen. Yeah. Shout out to in the entire fidget. <laughs> so shout out oh, to you. I appreciate you guys listening to you. And in fact, uh, Pope, um, um, I actually have clients right now in my house, chilling in my studio. I mean, in my living room right now, um, because I'm recording something. I'm actually doing a drum and bass track, and it's it's called Creation. It's gonna. I might put it on my album. This album that's coming. It's this female vocalist named Alex, and she is amazing. Church going girl beautiful vocal. She's here with her boyfriend and they just came out of the blue and says, Hey, I want to be on this track. And so uh, this is our first time I met, I've ever met her. And I'm like, I got to do an interview with my boy Poe. Okay. I'll be right back. So they're, they're chilling over there. So I'm still in the making of music right now for the second album. And it's been the hardest thing I've ever done. The first album, forget about it. That all just came to me. I don't know how it just did, but this one, here's the last one. One time, it was weird, man. One time, this guy called me. You know, he was doing a video. He's like, I'm on a video shoot. I'm like, bro, why did you call me? Like, we could do it later. I was like, I was like, man, but I know sometimes, like, people like to, like, that's like their little flex. Like, oh, let me do this interview right quick. <laughs> so I was like, something. I was like, man, you could have called me back. But I was I wanted to, uh, so I, you was talking about it earlier, uh, the lo-fi, because I didn't know you considered lo-fi hip-hop. I thought it was just lo-fi. So just talk about more what lo-fi is. Yeah, um, I was chatting with some other some other dude um, at one of my interviews, and they, they asked me the same question. And after I, I explained explained to him what lo-fi meant to me, I felt I could have done a better job. Um, he was telling me, "You got a lot of like producers who, quote unquote, I'm doing lo-fi, so they figure they don't have to make the production that good, right? They'll just you know they'll they'll roll off the high end and just keep everything in the mids." make it sound like elevator music, you know, and they'll call it lo-fi. I don't consider myself a lo-fi artist at all. I consider myself an experimental artist, electronic artist. But lo-fi, for those who don't know, for me, is kind of like degraded tape cassettes, the sound of crackling of the vinyl record maybe, um, or, or high shelf and low shelfing, where you're taking the EQ and you're shrinking and just getting the middle section of it. Um, that, that sound you hear is very relaxing. They, sometimes they call it study beats, uh, or there's, um, if you guys are interested, yeah, what's that? Chill hop, right? Uh, there, there's, uh, there's all kinds of genres. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that before. I've heard like, um, uh, what was it? Driftwood, uh, mm. study beats. Um, if you go to chilled cow on Spotify, you can hear chilled cows, a, a music label, actually. Um, they actually have a bunch of artists on there. I actually submitted some stuff to them. Maybe it'll get picked up. Maybe not. 
um, but it's very laid back. Um, I'm not going to do a whole lo-fi chilled hop type of sound, but I will, um, or just that I'm, I'm actually, I, I'll take the, the lo-fi beat and make it even bigger. I want the bass to stand out in your car. I want it to be on your iPhone. I'll add a little bit of fuzz to the low end bass. So it sticks out on your phone. But lo-fi is just like, it's just degraded cassette tape type of sound. And it's really, really popular right now. You got a lot of people doing it. Um, one person that's really nailing it right now is The Weeknd. He's got that whole 80s lo-fi type of sound, and it's really popular. I love his new album. I'm not really into the mainstream, but The Weeknd really nailed it for sure. Um, All right, so we got Homie came back with another question. He said, ask him about how he starts a new track from a blank canvas. Okay. Well, uh, we kind of touched on that, but yeah. let's say, um, let's say for all you guys, whether you're in Ableton, Cubase, um, or, um, I don't know, uh, or in Logic Pro, like I am, or in Pro Tools. First thing I like to do is kind of have like a concept in my head. What do I want to do right at this moment? Like I mentioned, you'll get inspiration by watching a movie or, or listening to your favorite jazz album. I mean, I got a couple of them here. Um, something will inspire you. The first thing I do is I jump into my DAW. I'll go ahead and set up a couple of audio tracks and I'll, I'll set up a couple of instrument tracks. Okay. Audio tracks is so I can play the bass or I can add some, um, some sample drums. Your BPM going to be like, it's going to be hip hop. It's going to be between 80 and about hundred BPM. I'll usually put my, my lo-fi beats or hip hop beats around 95 BPM. Then I'll find some really cool boom bap drums and I'll throw them in there and I'll loop it about eight times. So I have an eight bar loop. Next step I'll do is I'll add um, a, a nice good slap and snare and I'll put it right where the snare hits where that loop is at so that it hits them. And then the hats will kind of be like, I, I like that the subtle hats, but I'll probably have those come in after the eight bars and with something with more shuffle in it. So they kind of, it's, what we call ear candy. The beat is a call and response and that's what you want. Next, I'll go ahead and maybe I'll put some badass Rhodes keyboards in there, like some seventh chords and they'll be kind of going, you know what I mean? Something like that. Now we got a groove going and if you really want to make it sexy, maybe throw a little bit of some horn stabs or some droning horns. My secret weapon right now is I use Val, Val Hal Shimmer. If you don't know what it is, for those of you who don't know what it is, look it up. Valhalla Shimmer is my secret weapon in all my albums right now. And what this does is I can take a vocalist in that, that little groove I just created right now with all y'all, and I'll have a, a, a like an ooh or ah, and it'll shimmer it and detune it and octave, and it'll just drone. Next step, I'll put a gate on that. I'll EQ all the low end and just go the middle and the high end. I'll put a gate and what a gate does, it opens and closes, but it needs to be told what to do. I'll have it side chained to my kick. So every time that kick hits, it ducks that sound. So now you have this pulse going on and I'll do that to the bass. So everything is pulsing. Now we got this conscious hip hop with a lo-fi feel with this bass pulsing. And then you got a little beat there. You got something you can work with. I'll take that. I'll, I'll, I'll grab the whole thing and copy it and make it 16 bars. Now I have something to work with. I have the meat and potatoes right there. And then I can add and make more stuff to it. Add my crashes, add my swells to make something come in. 
um, or maybe call in a hip uh, some hip hop artists to come in and spit some lyrics on it. Send it over to them. Be creative. You know, send it to two people. Maybe have a, I don't know, uh, have two artists on there. It's it's always good to get different perspectives of of artists. You know, some people take it politically. Some people take it to the streets. You know. All right. So I wanted to uh, go into one of your songs off the album, conceptualize. I wanted you to talk about the album a little bit first, then we'll play one of the songs. Um. Well, um, well, let me start from the very beginning. Last year, around this time, it was hot as hell out here, man. It was like 102. Uh, and uh, my AC broke in here, so I got central air coming in from the house, but I couldn't have my girls all cold and stuff, you know? So I had to flip all the vents off in the house, and I try to get it cool in here, but it would never get – I even have a thermometer here somewhere, but it wouldn't get past like 85, maybe 90 degrees in the studio, and I was like burning up. So um, – as we all know, pandemic hits and we got to work from home. And then we had hit with those damn fires that was happening in California. So you couldn't even go outside to take a breather without getting it a like there was like ash and soot falling from the sky. Uh, it was just it looked like Armageddon, man. Um, for some reason, that inspired me to write. You you have to have something either positive or negative to write about in my in my perspective. And that was the thing was just being this just stuck in this house. Well. I would write, I wrote a song called Honey, um, which is probably my biggest seller right now. I was really surprised. It's more of a mushroom jazz laid back type of tune. Um, I wrote that in about one hour. I played the bass. I even did like something on Instagram, put it up there. People were vibing. Yeah, yeah that's it. it. And then I would go in the backyard. And this is when I started discovering more of the lo-fi driftwood beats was I was listening to Chilled Cow. And I'm like, there was this dude called The Deli. Some cat, I don't even know where he's at, where he's from, but he's got millions of hits. Every one of his beats were just kind of like that chill hop type of sound. No no vocals, no lyrics, just music, instrumentals. So that's what um, Honey was doing for me. I was like, oh, I'm really liking this. So I'd literally, because I'm working from home now, my, my setup's over here. I work for tech for a big tech company. On my lunch breaks, I would write a whole song. Then I would go in the backyard, take my shirt out, and get my son in, you know what I mean? And listen to my beats and just really zone in. I was my biggest critic. That album was finished in six months, St mastered, finished, every instrument in. And then I just had some MCs come in and throw some lyrics on because I felt like it needed something uh, on a few tracks. Um, and that's really how that that album conceptualized came about. We were walking with – I was walking with my kids. I didn't have a title for the for the album. Um, and I didn't know if I wanted it to be a um, – a, um, a concept album because they all kind of feed into each other. But this album takes you on a journey starting from the self-titled song conceptualized all the way to universe, which is the last song, which picks up the pace actually it goes up to a hundred BPM, which starts here with the kids. Um, I use my phone to sample them in the park of them playing in the playground. And that's how conceptualized starts. And it's very subtle. It's just very urban, uh, free life is being breathed through this song, you know, and uh, that's how basically this album came about. And a lot of inspirations from just a lot of jazz albums I have here. Um, but a lot, I, honestly, I want to give a shout out to my boy, Roving Jewel. Um, this, this cat right here, excuse me, don't mean to jump off cam. This is Roving Jewel. I don't know if you guys can see this, if it's backwards on your camera. 38th expansion. Okay. I helped, I helped um, produce this album for him. Um, again, I have a lot of clients, um, whether you're in Europe or you're from California, um, they come to me with their project and he gave me full on logic processions. 
and I just made his sound. I made him. Uh, he gave me everything, and I produced it. Um, it's basically all him. That album took off, and his this album, this this dude. Look at his vinyl. That's cold. That's cool. 180 grams. This is like 180 grams. This is the the size of this is the the thickness is. It's a beautiful record. If you guys want to check him out, this is the homie right here. He inspired me to write conceptualize. I was working on two of his albums and I finished them up. And I was like, all the presets I used for that and all the ideas and all the gating and, and compressing sidechain compressions and all my master buses, I kept them all and I named them all. And for every song, and I was like, dude, I'm gonna, I should do so an album like that. I was kind of piggyback offing. It wasn't sounding like him because I have my own sound, but. That inspired me, and um, shout out to Roving Jewel. Get his album; it's out now. He's got a lot of great artists on there, and I and actually I have a song on there called Interstellar Travel. It's me on guitar, and I helped write and produce that one too. All right, well we're gonna go back. We're gonna go to the song "I'm Honey" right now. Oh, cool. Then we'll be back with some. We got some more comments and everything. So let me play that. Okay. We'll be back. Let me open this up. Thank you. 
Yeah, I like that. Thanks, man. I'm surprised you found that on YouTube. I'm like, I didn't know it was on there. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, yeah, your whole album on there, player. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah somebody uploaded the whole album on there. Oh, dang. I was looking for it. I was trying to check it out. But I would say, uh, yeah, let's. we got like six comments, so let me get caught up. Okay. So, uh, Katie's back. She said, yes, very cool interview. Thanks. Andrew played bass with my band many years ago. I really enjoyed listening to his music evolve over the years and listening and learning more about his process and creating and producing. Oh, thanks, Katie. Yeah, she's a real sweetheart. She's going to, I, you know, a funny story about her is a, I played with her band, Katie Jane, her and her husband back in the day uh, had a band and I just stepped in. I knew the drummer, uh, Rudy, and who actually is going to be on my album uh, coming soon. But I, um, was scavenging the internet, man. I was looking for a folk rock singer. I put it put it out there because I could not find Katie. She fell off the grid. Uh, off of every some people get off of Facebook for a while, right? They need to musically get back into it. Um, but she hit up my wife and then hit me up just recently, and I was like, "Oh my God, thank you, Lord, Katie uh, is back." Because I really she's done work with me in the past on a uh, an EDM song. I hate saying that, but yeah, it was one of those. But um, now I have her, and she's going to do this really good song with me called "The Tide," and it will be released on my next album called "High Tide." So uh, thank you, Katie, for the comment. You are a sweetheart, and I can't looking forward to working with you. And then Fidget's back. He said, "Ask if he would." Reviving old rhythms, country, hip hop, classical, etc. Uh, well, how old do you are you talking here? Like, I mean, I love the whole the older classic. Well, I think because he got another question, so this is probably the next part. He says, "Has he heard of Spade Cooley? He was considered the king of swing and an inspiration to many '60s bands. So maybe he's talking about the '60s." Well, okay, it's funny he mentions uh, Spade Cooley because I think I took a couple of samples back in the day and made some what they call swing house. Um, if you, um, oh gosh, if you guys uh, want to listen to some of my, my music, go to Spotify or go to Apple music, listen to some of my house music. Um, I did a lot of like swing jazzy house. I have a track called, uh, oh gosh, I can't even remember so many tracks, but if you listen to it, uh, that the, a lot of those swing uh, bands back then were, were a lot of my inspiration. Um, cause I really liked the jazzy type of house music, Jack and house music, soulful Chicago house, uh, deep vibe type of music. Um, that was, those were my roots growing up. And, uh, um, thanks for bringing that up. I'm going to have to check out the dude again. Then Aries, he said, I think I interviewed somebody back in the day called the deli from the East coast. You're kidding me. Aries. We need to talk after this, man. Girl, oh. what's up? man, that's dope. <laughs> and my homie, uh, Rodney's back. I see myself cleaning my house on this, on the PA system. Love the bass. Uh, thanks, Rodney. Uh, really means a lot, man. Um, yeah, keep it locked, man. I got more coming. Um, it's always good to hear some positive vibes. I appreciate it. 
And then um, Ty Fidget's back. He creates the warm feel of old records, and he said almost the vinyl fuzziness. I like it. Oh, tight, tight, tight. Yeah, you got some good uh, good people up here to know what's up. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I like whatever. So is he talking about that crackling? That's the vinyl fuzziness he's talking about, like the beginning when it's crackling? Yeah, yeah, that was done on my turntables right over here. I don't know if you can see them. I got a turntable. Uh, mm -hmm. But I, you know, I sampled my own crackle, you know, <laughs> if you call it that. Um, I took them. Um, yeah, I have a, a piece of vinyl back here that I won. Um, it was uh, somebody had taken. Um, hang on a second. I got to grab it. I check this out. I was uh, went to a hip hop show because I, I I produced a band called Live Mannequins here in Sacramento. They're a hip hop conscious hip hop group. And uh, they did a show, and there were some um, some artists in Sacramento who would take vinyl and they would paint on it. Mm, one okay. the they did this E40 one; it's really cool. But on the back of it, uh, they did this on "I Love Unlimited Orchestra," "Rap City in White," "Barry White." This is a Barry White record, yo! Wow, it's all beat up because it's been played a hundred, probably over two hundred times. Because you can see, it's like it's really worn down. So I took this record and there's one big scratch right here on it. And I put this, I flipped it over because you can't obviously can't pay, play this because it's it's, uh, it's all painted. Put this down and I put the, the, the record right at the very end here and put some tape on both ends here so that it would go back and forth. And so it made the crackle noise in the very beginning and the very beginning of that song. And so I used this to, to make that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> right. Whatever works, right? All right. So, so what is what? So, what's next for you? Like, uh, I guess how how do you plan on finishing the year out? Okay, so I um I hate saying this out loud, but I was hoping to finish up this next album on May twenty first, which is my birthday. But because of COVID and you know getting people to come into my studio, it's really hard right now with people's schedules. So I might be pushing back my date a little bit later, but May 21st was supposed to be my deadline for this new album called High Tide. High Tide, um, I don't know if you've seen my first album, but it's got a picture of the side of my head, you know, looking out this way. And it was, it was like 103 that day. It was hotter than all hell uh, a year ago today um, that my wife took that picture and she designed my art cover. Um, I won't do another face shot like that ever again. I just, I felt I owed a lot of my fans and a lot of people I work with to see my face. Cause a lot of these cats, a lot of my clients, I never seen, I've never met them. They've only heard word of mouth of what I do. So they send me their stems and we work off of PayPal, right? Or a Vimeo. Um, so I decided to put my face on the cover, um, but I won't do that again. That's the last time you'll see that. This next album cover, you're gonna see me standing in front of the ocean. Um, and it's just got the back of my head, my ears stick out. So when the sun comes in, it hits my ears and they light up red. It looks really cool. And that's going to be my next album cover. You're going to see the back of my head because I want it to be um, not about me. Um, and a little court, quick little story about the first album, Conceptualized, that released on January 2nd of this that's year. Birthday. Is it your birthday? That was your birthday? Oh, yep. man, cool. Uh, Late-bladed late birthday. Mm. I'll tell you what, folks, I, I almost didn't release it. Um, because a few days later, actually, no, I released it on the 6th. It was the 2nd is when that all that, or was it the 3rd that all that stuff went down at the Capitol? Mm. Or was it the 4th? I, I can't remember. It was around that time. Yeah. I didn't want to release it. 
because I felt like, who am I to release this album and make it all about me? Well, the nation's at a, at a standstill right now, man. We were, there were some problems going on in this nation, man. And I, you know, I don't condone violence and racism and everything they did at that Capitol and, and all the murdering that happened, you know, and hatred, but I didn't want to release my album, but I wanted to have a voice somehow. And so, I, you know, I couldn't take to Facebook because everybody's already done doing it. They're, you know, voicing their opinion. And, um, I, I, I was going to pull it off a of distro kid. I didn't want to release it. My wife's like, you know what? Let's, let's take a look at the temperament on, on Facebook right now, social media and, and Twitter and everything. And it started calming down. Everyone was getting it out, you know, and we got that president out of here. You know what I'm saying? Um, in a weird things are trying to look up. I decided to release it. We popped the bottle and that day came and on the sixth, I released my album. Um, and I'm glad I did because it, it took people another direction. My album came out. The numbers were tremendous. People were, my Spotify went out the roof. There was a lot of people listening and they were, it took their mind off of what was going on politically. Um, so, but this album, um, there's not a whole lot of chaos going on. I think that's why it's so hard for me to write. It's because I'm trying to write stuff about the ocean <laughs> because there's, I just have this very spiritual connection with the, with our country and, and everything that's been going on. I wanted to write about it. So every song has something to do with the ocean for some reason, high tide, you know, uh, the tide, um, it just a lot of things. And this album's a very powerful one. It's very spiritual to me. Um, it, it just has a lot of different instrumentation and I want people to be able to be taken on a journey. Like you pop it in, you go for that drive to, 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 uh, New Mexico, if you will, you know, going through Red Rock, you know, this is one of those albums that, that takes you on a journey, you know, and that's what that's what I really, really want people to listen to. Really challenging myself by playing all these instruments, including my djembe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell your wife good job on the, on the cover. It was tight. Thank you. I, 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 I was used to doing it myself. And my wife's like, you know, let me take care of that for you. You know, I said, babe, go for it. And she she did it, man. She she made all that stuff happen. The clouds that you see in there, those are pictures she, she took from uh, from places we've been. You know, so she really put that collaborate. We we definitely collaborated on that one. She's doing my second one too. Really happy to see you're gonna love the way this one comes out. All right, so we got some more comments. Okay. Kim Coop, Kimmy Coop, she said, What do you like about what about MD, M EDM you don't like compared to house? Okay. I'll tell you, this is on a personal note, Kimmy. Um I did um in, in, 19, in 2004, I played the Winter Music Conference with my band, Unique. We were an organic type of house music band from San Francisco, basically the Bay Area, right? Um, think of D-Light. You know, Groove is in the heart. You know, you got that. we were like that, but with a Jamiroquai jazzy feel to it, okay? We did, you know, and our computer was the like the fourth band member doing all the drums. We were getting paid some cash. Every show, close to two grand a show for just the three of us, paid expenses, we would go, we were doing it. EDM wasn't a thing. Electronic dance music was always around, but no one called it EDM. 94, 2004 comes, we do our shows. We did a lot of shows in the Music Winter Conference and we get back home. All of a sudden our gigs start to deplete. The music was coming out. We were selling music. Of course we got the EA sports game thing going on, but this whole new dubstep, um, like fist pumping music started getting real popular. Might I add, you didn't see commercials with house music on it. No, it was unheard of. You, no one was doing house music. It was, it was uh, these these new up and coming 
young kids that were amazing producers were making this fist pumping music great and they started titling it edm you got you know you got sunny which is skrillex making his you know his debut with his dubstep you know and of course there's a lot of great dubstep artists but then there was a sweep of dubstep a sweep of bass house and then all the bands like us were being depleted no one wanted to pay for a band anymore they just wanted to see a fist pumping dj with lights okay uh, almost soulless in a sense because all you see is one person and they would make fun of those people because all they're doing is pressing a button and, and everything's already done for you you know using things like uh software like uh mixed mixed in key mixed in keys where you take all of your library put it into this application it listens to everything and suggests this is the way it should be played and if you don't know what i'm talking about watch one of paris and paris hilton's first sets that's what she's a big phenomenal dj right i don't i don't dig it but i mean watch her out there she's hitting tractor and pressing play and it's it's this dude already put all her tracking she knows where to press play and stop and everything and she's just doing like this and the guy's coming over there like quickly adjusting her thing and running back that's edm to me um, it, it, and i'm not hating on it for all you all trying to come out there and do your thing it makes money right but it's so saturated peeps it's very saturated come original pick up an instrument i challenge you to pick up a bass and start playing it i challenge you to pick up a guitar an acoustic guitar a djembe or a tambourine listen to the sounds it makes and how it makes you feel how it peaks your ears how it does something to you but because of the edm no one was hiring bands anymore Guess what's going on now? People, again. They don't want to see these DJs anymore. They uh, want bands are making a comeback. People want sound. Uh, they want they want to see a performance. They don't want to see the LEDs all over again. Unless you're high on drugs and that's what you that's what you're looking for. Have at it. Go for it. And believe me, I've been to some of those shows, like you know those big big shows. Um, have you guys heard? Has, has anybody here heard of the band Disclosure? Mm. Uh, have you ever heard of Disclosure? Mm. Uh, Sam Smith, they had a song on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Disclosure was different. And I'll tell you why. Disclosure brought back Deep House. For all you don't know, Deep House, you listen to Disclosure, that is Deep House. It made it so commercialized that a lot of these other bands started going from that from that uh, BPM 135, 140, that, that techno beat, they slowed it down to 125 to make Deep House music, you know, like, and it became a huge success. I love, I love that band. And I love Detroit Swindle, uh, all these bands that are, are um, who are, they're just two brothers who made Deep House popular again. And they started inviting artists the weekend we were talking about it offline the weekend is another artist who's commercialized but he has a unique sound his producers really honed into that 80s sound and these cats that are are born in this the millennials they don't know anything about the 80s they didn't grow up listening to this stuff you know like the real 80s music now this sound is new to them I listen to like I listen to him and like Bruno like, Mars. I'll be like, man, y'all better be Bruno, glad Bruno for show, man. I'll be like, y'all better be glad Michael did because <laughs> shit, like they like especially weekend. He sound a lot like Michael Jackson. Oh, for sure, man. And so those cats right there are the real. I would say today those guys are 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 they're bringing back that older sound properly. They're not just mixing stuff up. And then you got your you know your yapping rappers who. I don't know. It's like, yeah, you know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I will say too, like, I don't really like. I um, I know they got like the EDM got a lot of hip hop songs now, 
But I don't like that shit because I feel like they take the beat away. And I'm like, what is this? This shit don't even sound the same. I, I just, I'd be like, man, I feel like they be taking the soul away from them songs a lot of yeah, times. Dude. Uh, so you, Breakfast Club, right? You got MCs that come on there uh, with Sway. You know, they did it. There was a cat here from Sacramento, Phil Harmonic. Uh, I think it's this cat, this, you know, this uh, big, burly black dude, um, light skinned, beat would end, and he's still emceeing. And it's, it's bad. It's, I mean, bad is meaning good, right? Like the run DMC. It's dope. This is a real MC who's got something to say poetically, and he's very diverse. Um, but these, some of these, these rap, these mumbling rappers, they, you know, you're right. Take, take the beat away. And what do they say? It's like, eh, you know, there's a lot of that little, you know, the Yeti songs. I mean, there's a lot of it and, and no disrespect to them because they are making their money off of you buying their records, right? Off you spinning their stuff on Spotify or you going to their concert and it makes you feel a certain way. That's all good. Um, that's not me, but I respect it, but I'll be the person making the beat in the background. Right. <laughs> that would be me. I'll be like, okay, let's do a trap beat real quick, which is simple. All right. So we back with uh I guess Aries also worked with the mannequins, the live mannequins. So she worked with everybody you name it. Yeah, those are those um live mannequins. Um I didn't do their first album. I did their um I was coming off a tour with my band and I moved up to Sacramento. I found out my wife was expecting, and there was uh, an Asian cat named Bruce who was uh um Sales and records weren't doing that well. Now they're banging, right? People, that's the thing, the trends, right? We got trends. So he was selling his record store, selling all discounted records, and he threw a show with live mannequins, and they had me do a solo act, live PA. So I'm up there with some house music, but they opened up for me, or, um, and they killed it. I was like, dude, their beats are bad. And then they liked what I was doing. We ended up exchanging numbers, and um, that was one of the first artists I worked with was those, those four MCs. And one DJ named DJ Rated R, um, awesome talent right there, and I produced the the last two albums for them. Came out really good. All so right. she must know them because she was she was in the business at that time. All right, then I think it's your homie Alex Gold. He said, "What up, Playboy?" How funny, Alex. Uh, now Alex is a is a friend of a friend, and he's actually in my house right now, sitting in my living room with his awesome girlfriend. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's what you was talking about earlier. Let's talk about that earlier. I have um, I'm in the middle of a recording session, but I couldn't diss your show, poets. I have a lot of respect for you and what you do. Um, and uh, I told him just hang out, have some coffee, pet my cat. You know, the house is yours. Have some water. And um, so he brings over this jewel man. She's amazing. Her name is Alex. Um, and I, hopefully we we finish up this track. It's a drum and bass track, but I have I have a lot of respect for her and what she, how her heart and her. Um, her mind thinks um, she's very passionate. Um, like Katie Jane, another great artist. Um, she, this, this girl's got a lot of potential. And um, um, I just loved having her on the mic just uh, an hour ago. And we're about to finish up this track later on tonight. Um, but look for it. The song's called Creation. And it will probably make my album. will be the last track on there. Like I said, I start slow. And I take you for a journey. And this last track is very romantic, very spiritual. Um, and I'm I'm pretty sure you'll enjoy this one. So check out Alex on my track, Creation. All right. And then what advice would you give to new producers? Well, actually, Christy. <laughs> Alex is her boyfriend. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, uh, advice to new producers. Let me tell you. One thing I would probably tell you to do is if you're going to make a song, 
finish it. Hmm. Get your music out there. These people need to hear what's going on in here, right? And up here. You need to um, challenge yourself and step outside your, your comfort zone. Um, don't just let the music sit on your on your on your in garage band in here or on your computer. Um, you need to get out and play it out. Learn to DJ, you know, uh, listen to, uh, oh, and listen to a lot of different types of music, you know, listen to country, listen to a lot of jazz, um, and, and really listen, go out to shows, support your local artists, buy their music. Don't just, don't just, uh, stream it on Spotify, go to iTunes, buy it, or go to Amazon, buy it. Um, but really finish your music. Cause that's the hardest thing you'll get in that. There was, there was a, some dude who interviewed me goes by four bar loops. It is so true. Sometimes we get stuck in that loop on our MPC or on our, in, in, in our projects and we just can't figure out where to go. Dupe it, du duplicate it four times, you know, and then start adding more elements and add layers to it. Let it build and then start singing or rapping over to do something with it. Try to try to get your music out there, but you can't let it sit on your computer. Otherwise, it's not not going to do anything for you if no one's hearing you. So get it out there, and if you need help, look for it. I'm a mix and mastering engineer. Reach out to reach out to your peers who know more than you about music production. Um, don't be ashamed to ask people questions, um, and most importantly, um, be passionate and be real. Don't try to make this fake persona. It's always okay to think ahead and think high of yourself, but always be humble and humble yourself and your music because that will truly come out and stand out. All right. What would you like to say to your fans and supporters? I like to tell, well, I like to tell all my fans and all the listeners right now that I appreciate all of you in this time. Um, and I want you guys all to be safe. I'm just happy to have all my friends and family and God bless all the folks who've passed in this year and, and last year. And, um, and just right now we're having the jury decide on, on the Floyd, uh, the George Floyd, uh, it, it's saddening, but I want you guys all to be positive and we need to have a lot more love in this, this universe that we all live in. And, um, I want to thank all my fans who, who've supported me over the years and supported my last album conceptualize. I really, really appreciate all the emails, the texts, um, the Facebook messages, the messengers, um, your, your, you guys are my inspiration for sure. And my wife, you are my goddess to my love you. And I love my kids and, um, I love God. And thank you, Poe, for having me on, man. No doubt, man. I want to say thanks for coming through politics with me. Yeah, for sure, man. And we'll, we'll be talking, chatting real soon, hopefully. No doubt. You want to tell me your social media and everything? Yeah, yeah. If you can follow me, um, please do so. Um, you can hit me up on Instagram. That's Andrew.Lozano. Andrew.Lozano. L-O-Z-A-N-O. You'll see this face. Um, you'll see a lot of uh, little snippets from my next album. You can follow me on Facebook. It's Andrew Lozano. Um, I'm probably the more popular one on there besides my dad, who's got the same name. Uh, I don't do Twitter. I'm sorry. I just don't hang out with that little blue bird anymore. It's just drama for your mama. Don't want, don't care for it. Don't want it. Um, but yeah, those are my two that you want to get on. And follow me on Spotify. Please just follow and share. Um, you'll enjoy the music um, because I'm doing it for you. You got any shout outs? Again, shout out to my wife, man, Angela, my 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 beauty queen, and my kids, uh, Angelica, Stella, and my baby Sophia, or Sophia and Stella Rose. I, I love my kids. I love my girls. Those are my 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 chickies. So you a girl dad? 
Oh, for yeah. sure, man. We tried for that boy. It didn't happen. I have three girls, including the cat is a girl. Her name is Princess Jazzy. Oh, man. <laughs> you, you up again, it did, huh? Oh, man. You know, you know, whatever the girls want. If you want ice cream. <laughs> <I got you. laughs> All right, yo. Yo, be sure to check us out tomorrow. Check me out at faupolitikin.com.